What's going on, team? How we doing out there? Who's ready for another stock market movers? I'm ready to get into today's show. We got another jam-packed show here for you. We're going to talk, of course, about what happened Friday. We're going to continue the rally, at least. That's what it seems like right now. Does this rally have some legs? Find out from my experts today. We got, of course, Luis Navalier, founder and investment strategist at Navalier Associates, and will also be joined at 145 by Quant Insight CEO, Mahmoud Norani. Don't miss that, team, as we go ahead and cover everything in the macro environment right now. And, of course, we got a lot to talk about. Lululemon, retail disaster. We'll talk, of course, about Tesla. Some Disney news just hitting the tape. Find out all about that right here on Stock Market Movers. And, of course, we'll take a look at where the money is rotating, where the money's rotating out of, right here all on Stock Market Movers. Let's get it started. There are three ways to make a living in this business. Be first, be smarter, or cheat. I can't help you cheat, but I can give you the informational edge to help you succeed in the markets. Welcome to Stock Market Movers. All the market moving headlines and expert opinions every day. They say money is the oxygen of capitalism, and I want to breathe more than any man alive. Team, let's get into the action. First things first, let's start off with the overall market, right? Let's take a look at how the SPY is moving right now. You guys can see we continued the lift here. Going through even towards the nine, uh, 393s, we got up there towards a high on the day right now of 393.70. We'll look to see if this can continue back up through the 393 as we're starting to finally pull back to the VWAP. Of course, big change since what has happened, right? We were in this sideways rectangle space. We're looking to see what would happen. Would we break above the 387s or below the 377s? Today, finally showing that it wants to hold above this 387. That's a good sign for the bulls as you're definitely seeing some nice push up in the market. Uh, this is affecting different areas. Of course, we'll get into that and what was hot and what was not. But not a bad move there for the overall market. Of course, coming off of the heels as... We got in that inflation data to start showing, of course, that the wages are going down, which showed, of course, inflation concerns coming down. And that's why people think that this will help the central bank's rate hikes and start slowing them down a little bit further, maybe not raising them as high as some people think, you know, the 5%. I don't think that that's what's going to happen here. But one thing that I did want to bring on is that, of course, um, if you actually look at it, the household employment number was rebounding by a whopping 717,000 jobs last month. What does this show us is that we're still finding a robust labor market, even though we are seeing layoffs, people are just getting rehired. And if this is going to continue the trend, what will this do for the Fed? Will this go ahead and just give them the continued ammunition to continue raising the rates and going towards the extreme? This is what I expect just because of historical reference, right? If we look in the past, 
What has the Fed usually done? It's usually gone over the line, over the extreme point, and then make its way back, right? One thing that I think is very, very important to understand, right, is that the Fed as of late, and this all started with, you know, quantitative easing and quantitative tightening. Once that started happening, one thing that I've noticed is that when the Fed is accommodative, they're really accommodative. And when the Fed starts telling us that they want to move towards restrictive policy, well, they're probably going to move to the extreme of that end also to give them some ammunition when they're moving back down the line, right? If we can't, we can't play towards, of course, an accommodative market if we're not going to get restrictive at some point. So you have to kind of play the sides, right? Where will they break? Will they break here the labor market? And we'll start seeing the unemployment number rip through the roof, right? Will they just continue to raise interest rates as they see a still strong economy and the labor market not jumping through the roof? And of course, who's not to mention that they can't go a little bit higher than that 5%. They can go to 6 7%, I feel, as long as there's no instability. And why would they do that? Because the mandate here is not necessarily to get unemployment to a certain level, to get the economy to come down to a certain level, but the initiative, right? The initiative is inflation to 2%. So as long as they continue to see the economy hang in there and overall the jobs numbers, the labor market not showing that weakness, I feel that this will definitely leave room for the Fed to continue raising those rates. So we could be even higher than potentially that 5%. We're just going to have to wait and see. Of course, you guys stick around to find out what my expert has to say about the Fed outlook. And we'll ask both guests today as we take a look. Let's get into the disaster stock on the day. It looks like in retail, that was Lulu. Um, let's get to Lulu really quick. Give the headline here as Lulu falling after holiday guidance below expectations. They narrowed their Q4 EPS guidance, raised Q4 sales guidance. One thing that I could clearly see from this is that I feel like the focus is shifting towards focusing on the margins for these companies, right? Like one thing I can clearly see is they're still being able to meet sales. How are they being able to do this? In my eyes, this is what inventory reduction, right? And so they're bringing it in at a lower price, selling it out there. But of course, the margins come down as you go ahead and give those discounts. I feel this is also going to start showing up in different areas, like even Nike, even like, let's say, uh, different kind of Under Armour stocks, like all these stocks are going to start fighting in the margins. And if they can survive and keep hitting their sales numbers, I don't think, you know, Nike's turning around anytime soon. But one thing to keep in mind is, is the focus shifting towards more of a margin focus? And that's why you saw Lulu get that continued down hit today. Or is it just more along a evaluation outlook on Lulu? And that's why they came in and hit it. As you can see today, we tried to make our way back towards about 304s. We'll look to see if we can recover that couple of highs in that area. We'll look to see if Lulu can get right back up there.
Macy's is another one that gave a little bit of a warning here in their Q4 sales of 8.161 billion and 8.40 billion versus an 8.31 billion estimate and adjusted EPS at $1.47 to $1.67 on the high end versus a $1.60 estimate. You guys can see Macy's pulling back after a good couple of days where it was starting to push back. Now kind of sideways level, we'll look to see if the 20 keeps holding. If the 20 gives, I think you'll be right back here towards this 1927. We have this kind of sideways period in early November. We'll look to see if we break down right back through there. Macy's on the day coming right back down. KSS also was coming down, but got a little bit of a bounce back. We'll see how the department stores overall do. And if we are going into a recession, would you expect Macy's right to do well in that environment? Kohl's to do well in that environment? Something to keep in mind. We'll see what happens with these department stores. All right, getting out of the Macy's talk in a second, we'll get into our first interview. Do you want to go ahead and maybe take a look at the China stocks as those look like they're continuing to rally this morning on pre-market prep? I said, why not watch the resorts and casinos, right? Are those going to continue to lift? You guys can see Wynn was having a decent day now, starting to come back towards the 94.50. We can also take a look at like LVS, Las Vegas Sands, right? MLCO, um, all their exposures here in casino and in China, right? We'll see if these can keep pushing. And a lot of this is, as you're seeing, of course, China dropping the COVID border controls and their higher end consumer probably having a little bit of travel, right? They have demand for travel, right? If they haven't been out, let out outside the country. And of course, we're talking about a higher end consumer, not the middle or even the lower class. Well, it's looking like that pent-up demand might be able to kind of give these stocks a little bit of a lift. Even uh, stocks like uh, Baba was getting a lift this morning. Let's see how it's trading now. It's starting to pull back here towards the 111s. This has been really strong area. I mean, if we think about it, China stocks bottomed pretty much in October 24th. And that's when we got that panic low, right? When everyone was kind of panicking about the China stocks. And it's made a massive move from that. I do think this could have a big pullback. Something to keep in mind as we do pull back. Will this be an investment that you want to take? Like always, China stocks are a little bit dangerous. I've stayed out of this recent run and missed a big move. I just hope that we'll get another opportunity on the pullback. And I expect it to happen, of course. But these stocks aren't easy to trade by any means. We'll see what happens there in China stocks if they can continue to rally. And of course, pay attention. This week will be all the focus on CPI, CPI, CPI. What will happen? Will we continue to see inflation coming down? And at what rate? I think that's the most important thing here. Of course, if by any means we get a re-spike in inflation, that would scare a lot of people in this market. But I think what we're now focusing on is we're all starting to see inflation slowly start trickling down. But at what speed, right? Will it start ramping up as we get closer to that 2% or will it be like a lot of economists have already told us on this show, it will be difficult to get, you know, from maybe it's easy from eight to six, but as you get closer from six to 2%, it's going to be harder and harder. Now we'll just have to see if the Fed can achieve their mandate. 
All right, let's get out of the CPI talk. Let's get out of the market. Let's get into our first interview today as we go ahead and talk to Luis Navalier, founder and investment strategist at Navalier Associates. Let's get into it. All right, how are we doing today, Luis? Good. Happy New Year's just to get it started. And first thing I want to say is, have you seen this rally? It looks like we might have ourselves a little bit of a rally. Do you think that this one has some legs this time around? It does, but we need that good uh, CPI report on Thursday. Uh, Obviously, we got a hint that we might get a good CPI report on Friday with some weak economic news. And we, we really need owner's equivalent rent, uh, that uh, housing component of CPI to fall. Mm-hmm. And if that falls, then the core rate inflation will continue to plummet. And then market rates will continue to go down and the Fed can never fight market rates. So the next step would be to have a, a dovish FOMC statement on February 1st. Definitely something to watch. I think everyone's going to be watching that CPI data. I don't think there's many that expect a spike, but how fast will it be going down? I think that's going to be definitely the focus. Um, And now I feel, you know, a lot of people were talking about this last year, but should still be kind of the focus. What do you think, Luis? Do you feel that we should be focused on a recession? It's a real close call. I mean, basic based on the ISM numbers, yeah, we're in a recession. But we'll have to check out retail sales and, you know, personal income and things like that. But something went wrong in December, and uh, that that data is starting to show up right now. Um, I think right now it's every stock for itself with earnings. I think the most odd thing I've seen this earnings season is I've had five companies pre-announce their good results, and um, they've all gapped higher. And um, I'm just wondering why they did it early. And I don't know if it was because they had extraordinary results and felt they had to, or they were just trying to, to make the algorithm traders go away. You know, the al- algo guys that kind of jerk the market around, they tend to disappear in earnings season, but they're getting run out of town a little faster lately because of these pre-announcements. And also there's, there's a good feeling after CES that NVIDIA and some other stocks might have their act together. We have TSM after the close today. Yeah, and let's talk about that earnings is coming up, right? And the banks to kick it off on Friday. Are you concerned about the upcoming earnings season or maybe some of the banks as they've been strong as of late? Well, I'm an ex-bank analyst. And what I used to do in the late 70s, early 80s is I could take two losing banks and I could merge them together and they made money when I was done with them. So I used to uh, cook the books, so I never buy a bank. Uh, It scarred me for life. But I will tell you that the inverted yield curve is bad for banks. I will tell you they're all going to be looking at um, uh, their their loan default rates, whether they have to increase their loan loss reserves. And so if uh, they don't have to do that, because uh, then that's a good sign. But um, I'm just not a, you know, when the yield curve gets inverted, yeah, banks will do better. Now, of course, where are the opportunities in this market as investors are looking for any type of opportunity, especially after a rough 2022? What kind of sectors, industries are you looking at? Well, I'm mostly in uh, what we call primary metals, steel companies. We had one uh, um, commercial metals announced today. but uh, And then we have others like TS, uh, 
will announce uh, have very strong results. But I have a lot of steel-related companies. Uh, they fabricate for the oil industry, a lot of infrastructure plays, some some construction. But uh, then we have a lot of energy stocks, and uh, we do expect energy to to go up dramatically uh, for a couple of reasons. One is obviously you see China's coming back online. Uh, their refiners are now demanding 20% more oil than they did uh, previously. So that's a good sign uh, as the Chinese can start to travel internationally. Uh, another good sign is uh, the, the Biden administration, of course, released 180 million barrels of oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve last year. Uh, they're not going to be doing that this year. Uh, the new Republican Congress is going to fight them like crazy on that. So we do expect uh, crude oil prices to meander higher uh, in the spring because of the seasonal demand. Mm -hmm. And um, we probably will get to $100 a barrel. But uh, we're, you know, we're energy independent. We're... Um, uh, the Saudi Arabia of natural gas, we got a lot to be proud of. Even my natural gas stocks are up today, despite warm weather, uh, keeping gas prices low. So I, I have a huge energy bet. It seems like energy is remaining strong. We'll see if it remains the top sector. Of course, on Navalier.com, one of the things that I caught, of course, was a recent post on M2 growth going to zero. Right. I think this is something important to not miss. I think you've brought it up multiple times to definitely pay attention in this area. Let's talk a little bit about this. Why is M2 growth important? And tell us, what should we be watching here, Luis? Well, let's talk about what really happened. Obviously, during the pandemic, they started to give us money. And uh, my business in Reno, the management company, I'm in Palm Beach, Florida now, but the in my business in Reno, I think we got over 700 grand uh, of grants on two installments just to uh, keep paying employees and pay our rent. And I thought that was a little odd. I mean, I took the money. I was, I was grateful for it. But um, other people got those grants plus loans and independent contractors could get unemployment and some rapper made a song, How to Get Free Money. And uh, I think he got arrested for that. But um, you know, they were just throwing money at us and uh, I got a little out of control and now they had to reel it in. And so uh, it looks like the Fed's done their job. So that's another reason we think the Fed can uh, stop raising rates. And uh, the Fed has to, to be less of a butthead, to be honest with you. They That last FOMC statement really kind of ticked me off. And um, I'm a little confused why some former doves are now hawks, um, like Neil Kashari of the Minneapolis uh, Fed. Um, he wrote an, an essay last week that we should go to 5.4%. I don't know. That's an odd number, but I don't know how I yeah, got I there. Did, but, I did catch that one. Yeah, but he was a former Dove. He ran the TARP program under Hank Paulson, and uh, he's a good guy. Um, and so I just think they, I think they are a little, I think they need to look at the consequences of what they're doing. They destroy the housing market. Um, so I, I think um, they, they should be dovish on, on February 1st. And they, maybe they can do one more rate increase, but it, that, it, that should be it and a little rally. And at least we know the rules. Yeah, I think one of the things that I've clearly seen is they like to play the extreme game, right? It just seems to me like that's what constantly does happen, right? And even Bullard was saying that we're still not in restrictive policy. Powell keeps saying the word restrictive policy. Where do you see that as turning into restrictive? Well, First of all, they destroy the housing market. They're destroying the um, automobile market. Okay, I mean, how many industries do they have to kill? I mean, I, ISM is the manufacturing has been negative two months. Services are now negative. I mean, you know, I think we got the point. Okay, 
yeah. That's so, a tough uh, so, you know, everything happens with a lag. And uh, hopefully they're reading the economic tea leaves like everybody else. And uh, these guys follow the PCE, the Personal Consumption Expenditure Index. And it's, it's, it doesn't, its real estate component isn't as big as the CPI. But it, it's going to be cooling off. Uh, uh, well, it's running lower than the CPI now, but it's going to be cooling off with the CPI. So hopefully we can we can start to rally off of that. I think they've they've got their point across. All right, we'll see if that mandate actually turns, and do we actually get the famous pivot? We'll have to wait and see. Luis Navalier, founder, investment strategist at Navalier Associates, and I did throw up that article. So if you guys want to learn a little bit more about M two growth. Uh, going to zero. Take a look into it. I thought it was a great article that you guys posted. Appreciate it, Luis. Have a Thank good you. one. Take care. All right, let's keep going, team. We'll get into the next conversation. That's what it's all about here on Stock Market Movers, trying to get you in the informational edge. I thought it was very important to catch that article. Check it out, team. I think you will do so yourself. Um, and let's get into the next headline. Let's go back into the market. Let's take a look right now. SPY still balancing out here around the VWAP. We'll see if we get the next lift towards the 393 and 394 area. Uh, let's keep going in the headlines. We've talked about Lulu. We've talked about Macy's and China stocks. Let's get into the next one, which will be Disney headline. Let's go ahead. Let's take a look how Disney is performing off of this. As you're seeing, Disney get a little bit of a lift in the last couple of days. Really started pushing off of that 84, now back towards around 96 and close to the 50-day moving average. As it looks like Disney CEO Bob Iger told hybrid employees on Monday, they must return to corporate offices Four days a week starting in March 1st, according to an email obtained by CNBC. As you're seeing Disney make that next step up, we'll look to see if this can actually continue the rally that you're seeing in Disney. Will the work is coming back? Give it the lift. Something to keep on watch. Of course, Bob Iger coming back to the company, trying to make some changes. It looks like one of the first ones is going to be definitely four days a week starting March 1st for hybrid employees of Disney. All right, we'll see if that can continue pushing through the 95.50 area today. It looks like it got up to a high of 95.70. All right, getting out of the Disney news, we're going to keep moving. Let's go to AstraZeneca, AZN. As they announced to buy U.S.-based Syndicore Pharma in a $1.8 billion deal uh, as a AstraZeneca agreed to pay $26 per Syncor shares in cash, or $1.3 billion in total, a premium of nearly 121% to the stock's closing price on Friday. You guys can see in the morning, this was a little bit of a mixed bag, was getting a little bit of a pop going sideways. Finally, into the open, it did get a little bit of a lift there towards 71.60, but Overall, will this continue the run or will this turn around this big move that we've had as of late? Since November, this has been a big move up overall. If you think about it from the bottom there, let's let's call it around the 20th. Got about 32% here on AZN. We'll look to see if this can continue lifting. Looks like a little bit of a push today. Got that turnaround. We'll look to see if it goes back towards the high part of the range or the low part of the range and start seeing a little bit of a turnaround. 
Definitely not an area that I trade often, but AZN, something to keep in mind, as drug manufacturers have been so strong as of late. I mean, if you think about it here, I'll show you guys the industry outlook, daily outlook has made a huge move. Will these stocks start turning back around and at least having a bigger pullback? Today being one of those days, Johnson & Johnson, Lilly turning around, Mark, uh, Merck, turning around. Look at Merck. That's a big turnaround from that last push, right? Pfizer turning back around. So it looks like we're starting to see an industry rotation away that we'll talk a little bit more about on what was hot and what was not. As you guys are seeing, Pfizer, a lot of these healthcare names turning around. AZN, the only one that's in the green, but like we said, just slightly into the green and from the open in the red. All right, we'll see what happens on AZN. Will it get that downturn or not? Goldman Sachs is the next one to talk about. Like always, team, how we doing out there? It's good to see you guys. Easy. Martin, what's going on out there? Uh, we also got Born in the chat. I saw you guys talking. You guys are making me hungry out there, talking too much in the chat. But can't blame you. I'll be able to get some good lunch after this. Goldman Sachs, as they expect to slash about 3,200 jobs this week, getting the lift out of this. And I think one thing that we got to keep in mind now is it looks like we got ourselves some bottoming action started to come back up. We'll keep watch on this, especially as we get closer and closer to the bank earnings. But not a bad little pullback as this held the pullback now, held the 61.8, held the 50% really good here, which was around that 340 level so 50% retracement there on Goldman Sachs, starting to make the move up, something to keep on watch. Will we get back there towards the 385? I'm sure the earnings will have to come into play. At the end of the week, we start getting the banks, and next week we'll get Goldman Sachs. Let's see where Goldman Sachs comes in. Just want to make sure that we got it for you. Uh, eight days, Tuesday, January 17th, before the market opens, we'll find out what happens there in Goldman. All right, we'll see if we take that next step up there. Banks overall, not having a bad day. Let's get into what was hot and what was not. Then we can go into all the upgrades out there. There's a ton of upgrade as analysts try to play catch up to the recent move for the year. And of course, give their outlook as they got some more timeline to the year now. There's a, a bunch. We got an Uber, Visa, Zillow. We'll talk about Hilton. Even talk about NVIDIA coming up. Let's get into what was hot and what was not. That's where we take a look at what sectors are rotating to and what sectors they're rotating away from. Let's get into that action as we take a look at the sectors. You can see technology leading us on the day up about 2.13% from the open and starting to get a little bit of a push. Stocks, our leadership, not having a bad day today. Back up there, Apple towards 132.90s. Will we get right back down towards the 126? It seems like we're making our way back and able to hold this bottoming action is good levels. Big thing for us is going to be recovering 140. If we can recover 140, then we're back into that long-term pattern. If we reject, let's say somewhere around the 137s, head right back down, we got to be careful, team. Microsoft getting a little bit of a bounce back today. Google, a little bit of a bounce back. TSM, not having a bad day as this filled the gap 
starting to make its way back up. NVIDIA getting a nice little lift today. Let's go ahead and just at least give that NVIDIA uh, catalyst to kind of help push it today, even though you might have missed it. What happened today was NVIDIA was named as a top pick by 2023 by Wells Fargo analysts, and that definitely helped it get started today. But a nice push back towards 160s. We'll look to see if this turns back around as NVIDIA made its way back through the 150s all the way up to 160. Now we'll look to see if we can get back above the 200-day somewhere around the 167 level. Meta also having a decent day and continuing the trend. Seems like the trend's your friend, right? Until it isn't right now. In Meta, it's remained your friend as of late. Consumer Cyclical having a good day today. Also, auto manufacturers, Tesla, 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 not having a bad day as it's pushed there towards the 123 level. Big resistance above it from, of course, the price action on the daily chart right around here. The 30th, right? The high was 124.48. When we get back through there, close on that day was 123.18. I think that's also definitely important to get through. Can you get through that 123 area? You're fighting it right now. Will it reject it and stay within the range? Something to keep an eye on. And of course, in Tesla today, CEO Elon Musk, attorney on Saturday, asked California court to move a trial over the company's stock to Texas, citing local negativity. So looks like he was trying to move it to Texas there. Uh, California court can be tough. Texas will be a little bit more stingent. We'll see what happens there. All right, catching up with the chat. What's going on? The Crow, easy. What's up out there? You guys, uh, Crow's asking about Starbucks. I got you, Crow. Stick around. We'll take a look at Starbucks right after we're done with this. All right. Uh, Consumer Cyclical also doing well in recreational vehicles. What did well there? Let me take a look at from the open. Uh, looks like Winnebago getting a nice little step up here. Look at Winnebago the last two days. Nice little step up there in the last couple of days from 54 to 60.85, getting a little bit of a push. Not something that I would be trading right now, but hey, patterns are pattern and price is a price. This is making a nice move there. Also, THO, Thor Industries getting a nice little lift. And with that being said, Camping World Holding. Looks like it's an industry-wide little push here in recreational vehicles. Gambling, we've talked about that. That's going to be more of your kind of Macau exposure. And also uh, you guys can look at like MGM, things like that. We'll see what happens there. Gambling, getting a little bit of a push up. We'll see if this can keep pushing. Footwear accessories, we've talked about these. We talked about Nike. We also talked about Lulu. Nike's actually having a good day compared to Lulu. It made up the, the buy the dip moment there when Nike got the dip on Lulu. It's right back up there to 126.40s. We'll look to see if this can continue pushing. And the Crocs, the Crocs, we've been talking about how this has stayed strong. Would it hold the 100? It's held the 100 and continue that stair-step journey to the upside. Doesn't look too bad in Crocs at all. All right, we're going to keep going, team. It looks like we got over 147 of you guys. Let me know, what was your top mover of the day? What did you guys trade? Let me know in the chat. I know that Crow talked about Starbucks there. Before we get into what was not hot, I'll go ahead and just quickly dive into a little bit of that Starbucks chart. As you guys can see, this, this has been making a massive move since uh, pretty much June. 
if we think about it to where we are, it's been about almost seven months and we're up almost a 50% move there in Starbucks. Will this keep just riding to the highs or will it turn around? It's been really hot. I'll, I'll tell you right now, I've missed this move. I've been a bear in Starbucks for a while now, even throughout this big run. So I've been wrong on this one. I'm not going to go ahead and try to uh, call it too much. My biggest thing would be watching around this 110 level to see if we reject kind of this head and shoulders looking pattern right here. Um, and you guys can see this on the weekly. That's right here in the topping action around the 120s. We'll look to see if we reject the neckline, which should be closer towards that 110. All right, getting out of Starbucks, taking a look at what got hit today. It was energy as energy taking a little bit of a pullback. And it's kind of interesting because oil stocks overall and oil was getting a lift, but the oil stocks coming down today, XOM leading that downside action, Oxy turning around, Chevron really kind of uh, a weaker stock there, uh, Marathon kind of weak there. We'll see what happens to these. It actually turned around some of the ones that were strong in the morning, like Valero and Halliburton and SL. SLB, Slumber J. We'll look to see if these can get back up there. Slumber J has been strong, been pushing. Look at the daily chart. This is one that I've mentioned early in the year that I wanted to kind of take part in the trade. SLB and HAL, Halliburton. We'll look to see if they can continue pushing. All right. I do see some ones mentioned in the chat. What's up out there, team? Uh, looks like long Uber, short DoorDash. Nice, easy. We'll talk about that just coming up when we get into the rating there for Uber. Uh, but something to keep in mind, triple BY. I know that a lot of people were taking a look at this one, but bankruptcy concerns, right? I mean, this is something to keep in mind. It did get the little bit of a spike, was trying to make a move, couldn't get the run in the intraday. And my biggest thing with a stock like this is, yeah, you do got some upside and maybe you know your downside, $1.69. But I don't want to be messing around with bankruptcy, at least for myself. That's just a little bit too much risk. I'll stay out of this one. But not having a bad day as it bounced back. The only question is, will it just come right back down? Yeah, I think blood, blood bath and beyond. I could see that one too. And uh, even the crow saying it's fading. Yeah, it looks like it's fading, team. All right, we'll see what else is going on. Definitely healthcare also coming down. We talked about those that started turning around. The drug manufacturers, the big ones. Biotechs also, the bigger names, have already turned around. Remember, we looked at Moderna as one of those that was coming down fast earlier. Will these get the bounce right back up, or will it just keep on the downtrend as they started to break. BNTX is another one to keep watch because it came down the same time. Moderna and BNTX, we'll look to see if these can bounce back. And Biotechs, if you look at the top name ones like Amgen, right? That had a nice little lift, pulled right back down. Gilead pulled right back down. Regenron got hit hard today. So names like this, you got to be careful, team, as we start seeing that turnaround. Will these get the bounce back or... Will this start rolling over as IBB? You can see it. It's been really strong as of late. These kind of health tech names. And uh, you could also look at XLV. Will these start turning around? Has it been really strong? I'm actually going to be looking for some pullback, but then looking for the buy the dip moment as it takes the next leg to the downside. Uh, Johnson & Johnson, names like that, those bigger names. I think we're going to get a little bit of some pullback. We'll look for some opportunities to jump back in. 
All right, those are the big drug manufacturers. I'm going to get out of what was hot and what was not. In a few minutes at 145, we got our next interview. Don't miss it, team. We got a great one coming up. We got Quant Insight. Yes, we're looking into more of the data outlook here as we'll get into, of course, different perspective, looking into the Fed, thoughts on energy, and of course, catching what Quant Insight is all about. We got Mahmoud Norani, CEO, joining us in just a few minutes. Let's get back to the action. Let's take a look at some different stocks today, right? I think let's go back towards our ratings and let's go into Uber now as they're definitely getting a little bit of a push up with a nice rating upgrade here from Piper Sandler. Let's take a look here as the stock gets a nice little ride. Let's go to the 15 minute. It's up there towards 28 on the day. And you can see from the pre-market, got the spike even before the open here as Uber upgraded to overweight from neutral by Piper Sandler vehicles. Prices are near all-time high and a quick reversion of historical pricing seems unlikely. As a result, we think that cash-strapped consumer will increasingly opt to hail uh, rides, right? Ride sharing instead of replacing old cars. So, of course, as the prices for these vehicles get higher and higher, what they're thinking, and this is from Piper Sandler, is that people will switch and go to ride sharing, Uber, Lyft, those types of plays, as, of course, you're seeing that high vehicle price. I don't think this is a bad perspective here. Um, the only question is, how much Lyft is it going to give Uber, right? I think that's kind of funny. Uh, but definitely Uber is pushing there towards 28. We'll look to see if this can continue pushing up. I think that Uber could make a little bit of a move up. But is this something that I really want to invest in over time? I'm just not sure. Because I, I just don't see uh, Uber kind of just kicking it out of the water, right? But overall, I mean, if you think about it, it has been kind of balancing out here around the 25. First thing I'd want to see it is really kind of change this downtrend that we're in, right? I want to see it actually start showing me some strength on the monthly. This is the monthly. We can go to the weekly and you can see how you've been trying to kind of Get that bottoming action around the 24s. Really want to see it get strong around 30. Start increasing the volume on the breakouts. It seems like we're getting lower volume down here. And that's not what I want to expect. I want to get back through this candle, this big volume candle. That's the high of 32.63. If we can get back above that, show the bulls have control again on Uber and want to take it to maybe 40. Well, I'll keep watch there on Uber Technologies. Let's go to Lyft. Lyft getting even a little bit of a push on this news as this pushed up there towards 13. Actually, this one's a little bit more beaten down. Maybe Lyft is the better one here as this starts pushing back. Can it get back here closer towards the gap zone? We'll have to wait and find out. Lyft, of course, getting a little bit of a push up off the sympathy from the Uber upgrade. Let's keep moving. Let's go to Visa. This is one that I've been watching on the weekly. I really like the chart. And I'll show you guys that on the weekly and the monthlies. And it held the pullback. We talked about this last week as we started pushing back up here towards the high. And we're starting to get back through the high here from December 16, high there, 219.98. This one actually looking interesting. KeyBank upgrading Visa and MasterCard. So definitely keep these on your radar. 
Also, you can see MasterCard, very similar charts, right? With a nice little uptrend now starting to show. These are two that I'm definitely going to keep on watch. Not stocks that I think about often, but the charts tell me a lot there on Visa and MasterCard. And KeyBank coming in with an upgrade, something to keep watch, Visa and MasterCard. Uh, B of A Securities coming in with an interesting one in Zillow Group. Let's take a look at Zillow today as it's getting a nice little push up. It's up to the 38.93. I'm not so sure about this one, but they upgraded Zillow Group to a buy and raising the price target to 42. Of course, that puts it right above the resistance where it's been kind of fighting, which around the 40s. I do think that maybe you can test that 40, but it's going to be tough to get through there. Next level there would be the 22. The only thing that looks a little bit better on this chart is that we're finally getting the moving averages to be below the price action. That could be a good outlook as long as we continue to see kind of these moving averages really start curving and following the price action, especially that kind of like nine EMA. Can we start getting the EMA to really start crossing back over even the 200? Then you see the 50-day kind of catch up, get that golden cross through that 200. We'll look to see if that can happen. 200-day is still on a slight uh, kind of downtrend. You can see that still in the price action. Look for that to start curving as you, of course, get the next push. It'll need to hold in above that 40 if we're going to really get that next push in Zillow. It's not something that I'd be looking for, especially as we hear the housing troubles that are out there. But like always... Looks like somebody believing it here as BOA with an upgrade to buy and raising the price target to 42. Jeffries also came out um, and definitely gave an interesting one on Hilton and Marriott. Let's take a look as they were actually getting a little bit of a push up on the downgrade. I'll go to Marriott first and then we'll go to Hilton. But Jeffries downgraded uh, Marriott to a hold announcing a $166 price target. You can look at the daily chart. We'll look to see if this can make the next step. It seems like we've just been going sideways in this. And I think that, you know, these companies are probably going to find a way around a lot of the recession concerns. Are they going to kick it out of the water? I don't expect to see too much. Um, but like always, at least we've been getting more and more kind of uh, business travel to come back. It's not so high the concerns of COVID like it was, I think, in even like kind of last year. As we get further and further away from the pandemic, I do think that you'll get some business travel coming back. That could possibly keep Marriott and Hilton a little bit higher, uh, but I expect kind of sideways trends really here. Not Nothing too big to the upside, nothing too big to the downside. We've been kind of sideways here on Hilton. Uh, Hilton did get a 134 price target and got put to a hold. Uh, so I feel the same way. To me, these are more holds. It's just going to hang in there. I don't expect to see much upside, but also don't expect to see much downside in these lodging stocks. We'll have to wait and see. And what about an Airbnb? Almost a forgotten one now, right? This one wanted, everyone wanted Airbnb to go public. Everyone wanted it to be an IPO. Seems like it hasn't gotten the love. We'll see if it can get back above the $100 price point at any point this year as it continues on a little bit of a downtrend. All right, getting out of Airbnb and the lodging outlook, we're going to get into our second interview today. Like always, team, smash the thumbs up. Going to catch up with you guys in the chat. It's good to see you guys out there. Easy, born, 
Farrell, it's good to have you guys in the chat. Let's keep rolling to the next interview. All right, let's bring on Mahmoud Norani, CEO of Quant Insight. It's good to have you on today. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Definitely. It's great to have you on. And let's start talking about what's going on in the markets. But before we get into 23, let's start off with your perspective on how 22 went for investors and how it could be different in 23. Well, uh, I was sitting here just waiting to come on, thinking about an interview I gave exactly a year ago um, when basically the the message was that it's going to be a tough year. Now, the reason it was a tough year was the Fed had to fight inflation and they have moved rates from zero to above 4%. And that has brought equities down. 2023 is going to be different, but in a way similar. And it's going to be different because the story isn't really about rates anymore. The story is going to be about the impact that that rate move from zero to four and whatever is going to have on the economy. And that, again, unfortunately means it's going to be a tricky year and you're probably well advised to stay nimble and not get married to anything. Yeah, and it's difficult, especially when, you know, of course, we are getting some kind of outlook from the Fed, but we don't really know where that terminal rate ends, right? So it's tough on models to try to model out the future when you don't exactly know what's coming, right? Yeah, and look, when you look at all the data, it is, I think the Fed is going to, by February, get a bit frustrated and think about moving rates even higher because the facts are, that we're ending the year with real growth, real economic growth around the 2% annualized level. We had the labor report that shows unemployment at 3.5%. I mean, that's very, very low. You have um, wage growth going at 5%, and the Fed wants that at 2 You have corporate defaults hit the lowest in the last 10 years in uh, 2022. Um, And of course, you have inflation, headline inflation around seven, core is expected on Thursday at like 5.7. Some of the big inflation analysts out there are pointing to some downside risks, and maybe you get 5.5 or or 5.6. But given that we've gone from zero to above four in terms of interest rates, that's an enormous increase in a short space of time. The economy is doing much better than anyone would have expected. So there's a lot of head scratching going on. Uh, And the risk is that the Fed decides to sort of move it above five to try and get kind of wage growth down and inflation down to two. That's the risk we're looking at. Yeah. What do you expect on the outlook there? And do you think that they'll continue to play that extreme game and potentially just drive us into the recession? I think, unfortunately, they probably are going to do that. And, you know, there there are a lot of factors at play. I mean, all central banks globally, whether it's the European Central Bank or the Fed, I mean, the the core theory here is that the best thing long term for the economy is a stable and low inflation rate. People can plan uh, companies know where to put contracts. It's an environment of kind of low and stable inflation. And they put a huge level of importance on getting to that. 
And so their thinking is, yeah, there may be short-term pain, but this is long-term gain. Uh, the other elephant in the room, of course, is that the amount of debt out there, government debt, for example, long-dated debt. If the Fed starts to waver on kind of getting inflation down, it loses its credibility, and you could see long-end government yields go to wherever, 6%, 7%, 8%, who knows? And then we're in a whole world of problems of a different sort. So I think the Fed is pretty determined. Um, and we're going to see around February or March whether the, the labor market starts to soften and wages start to go down. We have a little bit of a window in January. We had this ISM services number. And it's this Institute of Supply Management. They do a survey of businesses. Um, and it was a very, very weak number. Now, services are the biggest part of the U.S. economy. I think manufacturing is 25%, services 75%. So that has given the market a bit of a sense that, hey, things are slowing. And what you're, what you're seeing now is a bit of a debate around the soft landing. Hey, maybe the Fed will be able to engineer this kind of nice soft landing where inflation continues to go down smoothly. GDP, I mean, Goldman Sachs, chief economist last week, predicted positive 1% real GDP growth for 2023. Not bad. I would take that. Yeah. <laughs> that would be, if they get inflation down and we end up with 1% with real GDP growth, that's a, that's a phenomenal result. Um, that is your upside, yeah. really. You get that sort of outcome. The downside is that they need to hit the brakes harder to, to get inflation down. And, and we're going to kind of get a much better sense for that around February, March. Of course, the uh, energy sector has been so strong, right? It's been the leading sector now for two years. Do you expect to continue seeing it the leading sector? So energy is really interesting. Um, we've done a bit of fundamental research. I mean, we're more quantitative and machine learning and data analysis, but we have done some work on oil. And given the China reopening, um, we see a bit of a shortage in the crude oil market. Um, and so that is constructive for crude oil. And so we quite like the um, XOP energy uh, and natural gas producers ETF. Uh, we think that the materials complex is interesting. And, and the other area that's sticking out is China. And China has really been the sort of forgotten, you know, avoided market for the last few years. There have been political issues. People have been worried about Taiwan. CEOs have sort of been disappearing of big, big tech companies. And, and it's sort of been avoid, avoid, avoid. But now with the reopening, there's some really interesting data out there on the amount of savings that have built up. And there's this growing expectation that you're going to get this very strong economic rebound uh, in China this year. And a really interesting fund manager survey by Bank of America Merrill Lynch pointed out that in the last month or so, the big institutions have, for the first time in a while, really started to increase their exposure to China. And so we think that's another one, yeah. given how poorly China has performed and how avoided it's been for a while, you add this reopening news, I think China's an interesting story as well.
Of course. Now, one of the biggest tips that I got when I was in school is we're focusing on two things, right? Focusing on what the fiscal policy was doing and what the monetary policy was yeah. doing, right? How can Quant Insight help distinguish here through the macro noise so yeah. that we retail can somewhat understand what's going on? Yeah. So what we do is we bring together all sorts of high frequency economic indicators. So for example, we have a measure of daily real GDP growth for 22 countries. It's taking all the data, retail sales and all this sort of stuff, giving you kind of the best guess, what does the current quarter look like? We take data, daily data on global markets for inflation expectations, um, data on expected probability of default by corporates in the US, in Europe, in Japan, uh, and all sorts of data that correlates to fiscal policy, the, the shape of the yield curve and other indicators. And we feed that all into a big machine. And this machine basically starts untangling it all and starts to tell us which of those economic indicators are explaining price movements of all sorts of things over quite a long period of time. So you get quite a lot of confidence that this is real. It's not coincidental. And so the, the, the big message in 2022 was that real interest rates and Fed rates, those little daily movements in all those Fed and rate indicators were really explaining a very big percentage of the little daily movements of, for example, the S&P 500. You know, tech stocks were being explained by rates. So it was very clear to us February, March, that if the Fed really does start now to hike, tech is, is going to be really vulnerable. And what we're seeing now, we've seen a bit of a shift, is that what's explaining those little variations is really two things. It's the state of the economy, so this, these daily real GDP estimates. They're having a big impact on whether it's the broad indices, different sectors, and also another variable that unfortunately is, is hard to get hold of, but very well watched in the institutional world, and that's the cost that corporations pay, particularly the lower rated so-called triple B, uh, lower rated corporations, the cost they pay to borrow money for five years. And that cost reflects the market's expectation of the default rate. Now, the default rate for low rated corporates in 2022 is kind of around two and a half percent. In the great financial crisis, we got to eight. In 2020, COVID crisis, we got to around six and a half. So if that indicator starts to show that there's corporate distress around the corner, and if real GDP growth starts to head south, then you're going to see markets weaken. That's what they're trading off. So th those are kinds of the things we do and, and how they do them, how we do them. Definitely. I want, I'm going to go ahead and throw up the link here. If you guys want to check out Quant Insight and learn a little bit more about this, and I think it's always important. I ask myself this question often, what current environment are we in? It looks like, of course, Quant Insight can help solve that for you. Hopefully, yes. And, and we have a new retail platform, all free, on the Discord platform. Uh, for retailing, although there are a lot of hedge fund managers and institutions, big conversation going on about yeah. all these topics. And uh, yeah, um, the more the merrier.
Hey, I love it, Mahmoud. I'm going to definitely have to tune in there myself, put that Discord to work. Appreciate you coming on, and we'll definitely have you back on. Have a Take good one. Take care. All the best. Thank you. Take care. All right. There you guys see it. We talked a lot about different areas, and I think it's very important to always be asking, what environment are we in? And I think he gave us a little bit of insight there from his quant insight already. Take a look at what's going on with those default rates, right? Will we start seeing some of those zombie companies come out and start going to default? I think that's one thing that we should look for, right? In every kind of bear market situation, we lost some companies, right? Are we going to lose some companies this time around? I think so. Let's start looking at those, right? Those cash cows, right? The ones that are just burning up. Zombies out there. Um, you guys have known how I've talked about certain ones and it, I can bring it up like a firm, right? These are the ones that I expect to disappear eventually. We'll see. Will they disappear, right? A Carvana, maybe. You know, a Car Carvana has been hanging out. It's at $4.62. Will some of these companies start to disappear? I think it's definitely something to keep on watch. We'll see what happens with these companies if we start seeing some kind of concerns for what can happen to these. And, it's, and of course, there's more, right? I mean, in Carvana, there's room. There's so many of these that are so low that they could disappear at any moment. We'll have to wait and see what happens to these stocks. Let's get back towards the market. How are we doing on the 15? Looks like we couldn't hold that VWAP. Started to come right back down towards the 390. Now the only concern is, of course, CPI, CPI. A lot of people expected that wage inflation number showing that it's coming down, that that could help CPI report coming up. Well, we'll have to wait and see what we get from that CPI report. But something to keep in mind also, we got Jerome Powell speaking tomorrow. Yes, I said it. The big bad wolf, Jerome Powell, will be speaking tomorrow. Don't miss that team as, of course, we're going to keep watching the Fed talk. The Fed talk often brings us down. Why? Because they're very hawkish in their tone. Of course, when we get those dovish comments, we could get a little bit of a lift. But overall, they've remained pretty hawkish. That's what I expect also to be hearing from Jerome Powell tomorrow. So you never know what can happen. And of course, CPI, CPI on Thursday is going to change everything up. Like always, team, you guys can keep up with all this right here on Stock Market Movers as we go in through all the headlines and, of course, catch what was hot and what was not in the market. Hope you guys appreciated today's show. We went into the headlines. We talked about stock market rotation and, of course, got you expert opinions to keep you in the informational edge. Up next, we will have at the close at 3.30 as Joel O'Connor and I get into the market and take a look at the recent action. If you guys want to keep up with all the action, all you got to do is hit the subscribe button down below and, of course, support us. Hit that thumbs up if you guys appreciated today's interview and by any means, if you guys didn't catch the first interview because you guys are just joining in, Luis Navalier, founder of Investment Strategist at Navalier's Associates, had a great interview at 1.15. Tune back. Catch it. I'll see you guys a little bit later on At The Close. Hope you guys enjoyed all today's action.